This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Hi, family. So glad I can share with you from the Word of God again this weekend. We miss you guys like crazy. Anyhow, today's message titled God Blesses the Faithful, Part 2, is going to be a great encouragement to you. It's what heaven looks like. It's what life's like in heaven. And um, the idea behind this message is to encourage us to be faithful because of all the blessing that God has waiting in store for the faithful in eternity. Not only here, but also in eternity. All right, so let's begin. God blesses the faithful. And this is part two in our mini-series. There's only going to be three parts. So next weekend, I'll do part three. Why would people talk about heaven if they think heaven is boring? And why would they talk about the way of salvation, explain to folks how to get to heaven, if they think heaven is boring? In other words, no one's going to witness for Jesus if they think heaven's boring. You don't want to invite anybody to a boring event. Satan is trying to keep Christians ignorant of heaven in order to rob us of the desire to go to heaven. In the meantime, the Father has given us plenty of scripture to describe the beauty and the wonder of what he has made for us, what is waiting for us in eternity. God wants us to think about heaven, to dream about heaven, and to look forward to going to heaven. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 from the New Living Translation says, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits at God's right hand in the place of honor and power. Let heaven fill your thoughts. Do not think only about things down here on earth. For you died when Christ died, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our real life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Now that, those last few words, just blow my mind. All that Christ has conquered and achieved and won, he did for us, child of God. That's why it says, you will share in all of Christ's glory. Remarkable. 
the grace, the mercy, the generosity of the Father. Only those who are born again by the Spirit of God can go to heaven. There is only one road to heaven, and that road is Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I want to emphasize that again, because I've heard famous preachers here in America saying that there are other roads that lead to heaven, other religions that lead to heaven. Christianity and Jesus is not the only way to heaven. Well, then Jesus lied, did he not? Because he said, I'm the only way. I'm the truth, the life. I'm the, I'm the way, the truth, and life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said that. I wonder who's misinformed then. Is it Jesus or this famous preacher? If we believe that Jesus is not the only way to heaven, we're not going to heaven. We have to believe what he said. If you don't believe what he said, you can kiss heaven goodbye. So I'm here to tell you right now, if you want to make it to heaven and all that we're going to hear about, Jesus is the only way. Okay. God's love for us is so great that he would rather go to hell on our behalf for three days than live in heaven forever without us. The pain and suffering and torture and torment of hell for three days is not as painful as a broken heart that Jesus would have in eternity, for all eternity, because he would not be with the ones he loves. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he loves you. That all that pain and burning and suffering and three days in hell is not as painful as a broken heart because he misses you, can't be with you for eternity. Revelation 21, verse 27, New Living Translation. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter. No one who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. So if you believe in the Lamb, Jesus, that was slain for you and me, then your name is written in his book and your salvation is secure. Proverbs 28, verse 13. People who cover over their sins will not prosper, but if they confess and forsake their sins, they will receive mercy. Let's go to 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. New Living Translation. But if we confess our sins to God, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from every wrong. Cleanse us from every 
sin. What is the temporary heaven like? What is the temporary heaven like? Let's explore together this temporary heaven. Now those who die before the rapture, they go to the present heaven, not to the eternal heaven. Even so, God is now living in the temporary present heaven. If they die before the rapture, they will then come back with Christ at the time of the rapture to collect their body, which was buried in a tomb, I hope, in a grave. I don't see any examples in the Bible of cremation. All the saints were buried. That's just a little side journey. Now the rapture takes place in the middle of the tribulation period, which is a seven-year time period. The first three and a half years of the tribulation is a time of growing great persecution of Christianity where some of the saints who are lukewarm will fall away. Those who aren't living God's lives will fall away because they will deny the Lord. They can't take the pressure of the persecution. But the five wise virgins, they are going to get on fire for Jesus. They are going to witness for Jesus and function in the power of God and become a glorious church. There will be great revival through their hands because there will be many desperate hurting people who will come to Christ and make a total commitment to Christ and not a wishy-washy, boneless commitment to Christ. All right. So the rapture will take place in the middle of the tribulation period after three and a half years. Then the last three and a half years is when the Antichrist rules and all those who were believers in Christ, who missed the rapture, the foolish virgins who were lukewarm and indifferent about the gospel, they missed the rapture. But God in His mercy gives them another opportunity to get saved because they'll be persecuted by the Antichrist and made to take His mark. And if they don't take it, they will be executed by having their heads cut off. Nevertheless, we come back. If we are raptured or we die before the rapture, we come back with Jesus at the middle of the seven-year period to receive our bodies. All right? We who are still on the earth will receive our new bodies. Our physical earthly body will be changed into a, an eternal body like Christ has. They'll never die. And we'll be caught up together to Christ, to heaven, with those who have come back with Christ at the time of the rapture to collect their bodies. They'll come out the grave, complete and perfect. They'll enter their bodies. Then we will go up with them together in the rapture. 
So now at this point in time, during the three and a half year reign of the Antichrist on earth, after the rapture, the five wise virgins, the bride, will be married to the bridegroom in heaven. This is called the marriage feast of the Lamb. Now just after the second three and a half year period begins, the believers who don't take the microchip will be executed and they will come up to heaven. And then Christ will wait for them and when they get there, we will all sit and be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. We'll all be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. So Christ will wait for those who missed the rapture and they'll come up to heaven because they refuse to take the 666 mark microchip of the Antichrist, of the beast. Now here are scriptures to confirm that. That's 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10. It's on the screen. Romans chapter 14, verse 10. And 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10 through to verse 15. All those scriptures confirm. I've given you three because there are three witnesses to make it a doctrine. Now it is during this time after rapture that the Antichrist will finally conquer the inhabitants of the earth and rule and reign for three and a half years. The Antichrist will be a dictator. He'll make Hitler look like a Sunday school teacher. He will turn the entire human race into slaves. He'll remove all their freedoms. And we can see that even now. We can see our freedoms are being taken away from us around the world. Uh, and But you will have, those who miss the rapture will have no freedoms. They'll be slaves like the worst kind of slavery um, and everybody. There'll be no favorites who will be exempt. We can all see that the spirit of Antichrist is already at work in the earth. He is systematically removing man's freedoms today. And after the rapture, he will remove every freedom from man. We, those who miss the rapture will die, have their heads cut off, go up to heaven. And those who stay behind, they will be turned into the worst kind of slavery, slaves imaginable. Now, after the rapture, and after the seven years have passed, we in heaven, the believers in Christ, the glorious church, the bride of Christ, will return to the earth with Jesus and he will set his feet on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. And you can read that in Zechariah chapter 14, the whole chapter talks about this and what actually happens when he touches the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. And we'll all be there with him, all believers.
who serve him and love him. Now in this chapter, Zechariah 14, you'll see the beginning of the reign of the King of Kings from Jerusalem, which will last for 1,000 years. Christ will rule on the earth for 1,000 years. And after the 1,000 years of reign of Christ on the earth, uh, all those who died without Christ will be uh, resurrected to stand before God and the great white throne judgment will take place. So let me say that again. All those who reject Christ and all those who are in hell, in Hades right now, the dead and the living, will be resurrected and stand before God at the great white judgment seat of God. And then they'll be banished to Gehenna, the lake of fire, which is the second death, far worse than Hades. Hades is burning fire, but Gehenna is burning sulfur. It sticks to you, right? Sulfur. Now, during the thousand years of reign of Christ on this earth, the Bible tells us that the lion will lay down with the lamb and there'll be no snakes biting people, that children will be able to put their hand into a nest of vipers and without being bitten. In fact, the Bible says there'll be nothing that will hurt or harm during those thousand years. And during that time, the devil will be locked up in the bottomless pit. And we will rule and reign with Christ for those wonderful thousand years. Now, you can see these scriptures here will confirm what I've just shared with you. Matthew 25, verse 41. Revelation 19, verse 20. And Revelation 20, verse 11 through to verse 15. Now at this time, the earth and the heavens will be destroyed by fire. So once we get back and the great white throne judgment's taken place, and those are banished to the Gehenna, the lake of fire, then the earth that we know and the heaven that is now in existence will be destroyed by fire. You can see that in Revelation 21, verse 1, Isaiah 66, verse 22, Isaiah 65, 65 verse 17, Psalm 102, verse 25 and 26, and Luke 21, verse 33, and then 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10 through to 14. Then for the first time, we enter the perfect age without sin, with the new heaven and the new earth. This will be the final and perfect kingdom where Christ surrenders all things to the Father, according to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 28. 
Now the millennium reign of Christ for 1,000 years will not be a perfect kingdom because sin will still exist. It will be necessary for Christ to rule the nations with a rod of iron. Revelation 12 verse 5 and Revelation 19 and verse 15. We will reign with Him as I said. Now in the final age there will be no sin, no rebellion, no pain, no fear and no tears. The creative ages were the alpha ages. And the final age will now be the omega age, the perfect age. All right, so there's two ages, the creative age, the alpha ages, and then the final age, the omega age, which is the perfect age without sin. Time will cease in the omega age, and the eternal age will begin. The ages of the ages. Paul writes about this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7. He speaks about the ages to come. The prophet John on the Isle of Patmos says that Satan will be cast forever and ever into the lake of fire in Revelation 20 and verse 10. This refers to the eons of the eons. The ages of the ages, Satan will be cast into the fiery pit of hell for the eons of the eons and the ages of the ages. During this period, eternity begins. We will discuss this dimension of timelessness later. At this point in time, right now, we are at the end of all things as they are. And we are at the beginning of all things that will be. We are at the beginning of the ages. Eternity is still very young. This is just a quick bird's eye view, an overview of events to come. We can clearly see that the present heaven is by no means our eternal home. God is eternal. God is the self-existing one. And He has given us this eternal life as well. That we will exist with Him for the eons of time, for the ages of the ages, in joy, and never cease to exist. The present heaven is not eternal. The present heaven is the place God chooses to stay at the moment, right now, along with the angels and all those who have gone to heaven before us. They are in the present heaven. The pre present heaven had a beginning and it has an end. The new heaven will be brought down to become one with the new earth. According to Revelation 21.1, the new heaven we brought down to the earth to become one with the new earth. The present hell 
Hades, will also be vacated after the great white throne judgment. Those who have rejected Christ will be sent into Gehenna, the lake of burning sulfur, the lake of fire. You can see that in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 14 and 15. Now I'm going to read from Revelation 21 and verse 1 from the New Living Translation. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, like a beautiful bride prepared for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne, saying, Look, the home of God is now among His people. The home of God is now among His people. In other words, God dwells in the new Jerusalem. He will live with them and they will be His people. God Himself will be with them. Praise God. God the Father, Jesus Christ the Lord, and the Holy Ghost will dwell with us who are redeemed on the new earth and will have access to the new Jerusalem and we'll all be one wonderful big family together for all eternity. And then verse 4 says, God will remove all of their sorrows and there'll be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain for the whole world and its evil are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making all things new. And then he said to me, Write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give the springs of the water of life without charge. So this is Jesus Christ talking to John the Beloved on the Isle of Patmos in his vision. Verse 7, All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings. So it's worth, family of God, being faithful, serving Jesus with all your heart. because we inherit all these things and I'll be their God and they will be my children. But cowards who turn away from me and unbelievers and the corrupt and murderers and the immoral and those who practice witchcraft and idol worshippers and all liars. Don't say you're going to do something and then don't do it. That's a lie. Tell them right up front, I don't think I can do it for you. Or tell them I'll try and mean it, but don't lie. All liars, 
Their doom is the lake that burns with fire and sulfur. This is the second death. That's Gehenna, the lake of fire and sulfur. Now we can see from the scripture that the new heaven and the new earth will become one. It'll be one in the same place. So I want to say this. All of us make mistakes and we do things we shouldn't do. We ask God to forgive us. We are forgiven instantly. I'm saying don't be a liar. Don't make a habit of telling lies. If you make a mistake and you lie, you're not going to go to Gehenna for that. Don't the devil lie to you. Now, according to this scripture, the throne of God and the Lamb is going to be in the new Jerusalem, which came down out of heaven, down to the earth. And God will dwell with us on the earth. Therefore, the new Jerusalem and the new earth will be called heaven where God dwells. Again, the new Jerusalem and the new earth will be called heaven where God dwells. This is God's original dream come to pass. After all these many years, hindered by the devil and by the sin of Adam and the sin of man temporarily, but finally now, God can walk in the garden with us in the cool of the day and fellowship like he did with Adam and Eve. Genesis 3.8 And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. There is no sleep or unconsciousness when a Christian dies. When their spirit leaves their body, they go immediately into the presence of God. They are completely awake after leaving their body. We can see this in Philippians 1, verse 23, and 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8, and Luke chapter 16, verse 22 through to verse 31. We enter into heaven as it is now, the present heaven. The present heaven has similarities to that of the earth. For example, Revelation 7 verse 9. After this I saw a vast crowd too great to count, from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white and had palm branches in their hands in heaven. We have palm trees, right? And they were shouting with a mighty shout, Salvation comes from our God on the throne and from the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living beings. And they fell face down before the throne and worshipped God. Now, there are musical instruments in heaven. Revelation 8 verse 6. Then the seven angels with the seven trumpets prepared to blow their mighty blasts. And there are horses in heaven. Revelation 19 14. The armies of heaven dressed in pure white linen, followed him on white horses. 
When John was taken to heaven, he saw eagles in heaven that can speak. Revelation 8, verse 13, New Living Translation. Then I looked up and I heard a single eagle crying loudly as it flew through the air, terror, 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 to all who belong to this world because of what will happen when the last three angels blow their trumpets. So this is an eagle that flies and speaks. Now, I'm going to have to shut down our message for today and continue next weekend with part three, the final part. And we'll focus on heaven itself and the new heaven, life in the new heaven. And all those questions we asked in part one, we'll be answering. That's going to be the most exciting part. I had to go through all the events that will take place in the future to understand what heaven's going to be like and what life will be like after the rapture. I hope you are enjoying this and that you are inspired to be a faithful servant. God bless you all. Every head bowed and every eye closed. How many would say, Apostle Thea, I want to be sure that I'm going to heaven one day. If you don't have that assurance, you can have that assurance right now. Simply say this little prayer with me from your heart. Talk to God. Everybody, please say the prayer. Everybody. Dear God in heaven, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross in my place. You punished him so I can be forgiven. Jesus, please forgive me for all my sins. Thank you, Lord. Come into my heart and save my life. Praise God. I declare you are the Lord of my life and I'll live for you with all my heart until I see you on that glorious day. I love you, Jesus. Congratulations if you said that little prayer. Be a faithful servant. We will see you in glory. From Pastor Bev and I, we are praying for you every day. We love you. Goodbye. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.